wanted to talk about the Elon Musk Twitter acquisition for a minute. Okay. Not the response I was expecting. I was expecting this to be an immediate let's scrap and restart. But <laughs> I'm I appreciate the trust that we have we have um cultivated over the years. No, I don't actually want to talk about that, but I kind of do. So it's been a week related to that, and I don't think we're going to offer anything useful. There were two episodes. There was um, an episode of the Recode Media podcast where Peter Kafka, a friend of the show, whether he knows it or not, ha- had two good interviews. But in the past week, there were, like, these aren't, they're not leaks, are they? Like, when, when they had the text message history that came out during the, not deposition, but I guess discovery phase. How exactly does that get out? Does the court just release it to the public record? Well, I I think sometimes, yes. I, I don't know if that was the case here, though. Like this isn't a leak, but it somehow it somehow makes it out anyway. I, like let's let's get Kim Wexler on the phone. But <laughs> the reason I bring this up is that are you familiar with with what a tap back is? Uh, that's the thing in messages on iOS where you 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 hold down a message and you can send like there was like four or five different sort of emojis, right? Well, they're not really emojis, but they're just little like icons that sort of get appended to the message. Like there's a thumbs up, there's a thumbs down, there's a, I think a ha ha, mm-hmm. an exclamation mark. Yeah, I, I, I use the, I use the thumbs up one a fair bit. Yeah. And, and, and tap backs suck. Like they're, it's a really bad feature of iMessage that has not, matured at all so you were absolutely right where i think it's been the same since it was it's like was released maybe in ios 13 let me bring this up and i'm accidentally probably going to send this to somebody so you you what used to be called force touching or 3d touching i forget what the when they introduced it with the iphone 7 was but you you, now it's basically just a long press because that doesn't exist on the phones anymore but you long press on a message and then you get your choice of six responses one is a heart there's a thumbs up thumbs down there's a ha ha uh two exclamation marks and a question mark and i have lots of complaints about these but do you have any that jump out at you no i don't think so so i think it has many flaws so i guess like most people are like who are are spoiled with having used slack where there's been i don't know it, it, it i don't know if it became initially known as uh, react g or slack emoji i don't know what the original term was but like slack allows you to respond to any message with any emoji and these in ios in imessage you don't get to use emojis you just get these weird six predefined emotions but my main issue with it is if you were to do a response to it i guess in internet culture, what does the heart mean to you? Um, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of boring and literal, and I just take it to mean that you liked the the you know previous thing that was sent. Liked, correct. But with that one, if you do the heart in text form, iOS and macOS call it loved. And I'm not a fan of that at all. Mm. And if you do the thumb, the thumbs up, it says, in this case, Elon Musk liked or disliked. So my main issue is that the heart, which has become, it's, it's become watered down. And this is part of our inner, uh, our 
broader culture, which I've complained about, which is that we're in like exclamation point inflation territory where unless you give like an email, like four exclamation points, you're angry at somebody like the heart has been diluted, but it's, it's well documented that it's been diluted down to mean I like this, but in Apple's parlance, it is loved. And I feel like in certain contexts with people that you may or may not know very well, giving a heart to something and then iOS, if you look at it in just your messages list, it will say X person loved. I don't know. I, I, I have a, an issue with this. I can tell. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad, <laughs> glad that we've provided you this um, forum to be able to get it off your chest. I'm surprised that you've never thought about this. Um, I, I generally sort of like tap backs. I don't know. I, I use, well, no, the, I use them, well, the, you know, no, they're, they're, they're good, but they're flawed. Hmm. Because, and also, I just don't, I don't know. So what, is it, what does it mean? And this is, well, this is a two-pronged question, I guess. What does it mean when somebody responds, when it does a, one, oh, well, sorry, stepping back. The word tap back, does that actually, is that a good term? That makes no sense to me. Well, it, it sort of, doesn't it have like a special vibration? I don't think it does. Like, it feels like it's a thing born out of the Apple Watch. But I don't think it was ever an Apple Watch exclusive feature. Hmm. But yeah, but it's, it's it's not a good name for the feature. But I mean, it is nice that it's there. Well, you mean, um, a, the you worst... mean an Apple an Apple product or feature doesn't have a good name? Hmm. Most about, that usually... must be the only one. You see, Apple usually does. Like they they've they've watered down a lot of the names. Like I feel like I feel like magsafe as being used for all the magnetic accessories on the iphone i feel like that was a a lazy reuse of that name like you could uh because now like because magsafe on the iphone can mean uh like the magnetic charging accessory or it can also mean just anything that's like that magnetic wall and all that other stuff so i don't don't actually think that's a good one but yeah apple generally has a good naming aesthetic like the word pro has been completely watered down, but overall their record is is as above five hundred. But like the tap back thing, what, what was my other point? Um, the, so the name stinks, but the also if you have an Android phone, it doesn't actually do the thing. It just over text will send somebody a thing that says like insert your name, loved this message. I don't, like I, it's just, I it's think just, that's isn't that isn't that better now? Don't certain Android phones convert well, that sure but that's not a good solution which is that samsung has now coded it into their phone where if you receive a message that says name loved emoji like it will now put up a heart on it that's not a good stopgap. that's just placating apple's dickishness i mean I, that's not great we should just tell your tell your mom to buy an iphone or whatever fuck tim. you tim <laughs> oh my god how does he not have better handlers that's one thing I do appreciate that in our in our podcast folder that we share. Um, there, I still <laughs> you haven't you luckily haven't deleted the or wait maybe it's maybe it's only in my folder. I have a picture of there of uh, Tim Cook uh, looking sad, showing Donald Trump a chip that's going to go in a Mac Pro. Mm, I, me- I remember that picture. Yeah, that was yeah. the the Mac Pro factory in Austin, right? Was that the the trash can Mac Pro or uh, the new Mac Pro? That was the trash can Mac Pro. Yeah, yeah, because that was um, that was like 2017, I think, maybe 2018. Mm-hmm. It was a while ago. 
Yeah. Um, but no, but what is the, well, so two questions. What is the, the two exclamation mark? Do you ever use that one? And if um, so, what do you, what do you think it means or conveys? I, well, so to answer your first question, I, I mostly stick to the thumbs up and the heart. So you're, you're, you're all about good vibes. You, you oh, don't use any of the negative ones. Yeah, yeah. All, good all vibes good, only. Good vibes only. That's right. <laughs> um, the exclamation mark I occasionally use, and I take that to mean surprise or um, like lots of excitement. Hmm. Because again, the thing, if you look at it on a Mac, it will, uh, it turns it into X person emphasized. Yes. And I don't feel, I don't feel like that's an emotion. Well, so also some real time follow up. I, on um, the Mac supports tap backs now. You must it, be on it, like an old version of Mac OS. No, no, I'm on wh- wh- whatever OS 10 Irvine. I'm on Mac OS Monterey. Oh, it's hard because you have the, the Mac Studio. No, I mean, it, it supports yeah. tapbacks. Well, what do no, you no, mean? It, it? it totally does, but if you look at it, so I guess my point is that if you look at this in the message list, like pretend the oh, last well, text I, I sent I, you iOS, was... iOS does that. That's not a Mac. No, no, that, that's, that's my point, which is that it will say Ryan emphasized... Hmm. Guy Fieri spotted in Marin Country Mart or whatever. Like that's that's that uh, like it doesn't show you the emoji. It just shows emphasized, and that's the problem. Whereas if your last last message was somebody who, uh, your uh level of friendliness or relationship or whatever, if the last that it gets weird when it says X person loved a message when all I did was they was heart it. Right. Being an adult's complicated. It anyway. it is yes. And you evidently um, can only have one type of tap back on a message yeah. at a time, which I I did not realize. Yeah. Until have I just you started had... spamming you with tap backs right now. Did you? We don't ever text, so I know. This this message is from um Wait, I don't like... think you have because I We text once we text like every six months and it's only because we're in person and we know that Slack uh notifications on iOS are broken 70 percent of the time or um when you went off the grid that one time it didn't tell me <laughs> i was trying to figure out where you were oh but then there was the other time where you did not send a carrier pigeon and i had to wait an extra two months for my mac studio Thanks, <laughs> no I, I did send the carrier pigeon you didn't but i didn't get it. well you, you didn't, didn't get, get a it, real but, one but look i mean here i'm, I'm gonna... a real one I'm gonna. <laughs> no, you did. You did send me a thing, but if my phone is off, that doesn't doesn't help me. <laughs> anyway, tapbacks are bad, and it's always. It, but it's now it's funny that they are now in the legal record where, um, uh, computer vision boy, uh, Elon Musk is now sending uh like thumbs down emojis when some guy from Goldman Sachs is saying, "Hey, do you want the CEO of FTX in on your deal to try to buy Twitter and?" bring all the right wingers back anyway so follow-up mm-hmm. oh no no sorry what, what is it so sorry the, to round out the tap backs emoji stuff are you familiar with and do you use the upside down smiley face emoji i i don't why don't you um i don't have a good answer to that you you use it and i would say use it 
effectively. So, but that's because I I think that's a recent addition because up until a year ago, I don't think I actually had a good grasp of what it meant. And I don't. I'm not sure I still do, but I do. I think I employ it. But you use ironically. it correctly. I can't tell you. I can't tell you why. <laughs> don't know the right answer, but yeah. But it, but you use it correctly. I know. I I mm. like the. My, I've really taken to the um the grimacing emoji. Oh, because I, li- I like well, that one quite a bit. Well, yeah, because that's that's the emoji of our decade. It's just <laughs> it's just a sound of yes. Not not sure about that. <laughs> yeah, it's um. I think both the upside down emoji and the grimacing emoji are similar in that they're versatile. Yeah, but they also don't they yeah, they mean different stuff to they, different people. And, and and I feel like that's one of the weird things about modern culture is that you have to you have to it takes a while to learn somebody's um texting cadence and also how they feel about certain emojis. Th- this whole conversation's been a lesson in why you never convey important messages over any sort of text form because so so um, much gets lost in translation oh so, so, nope i'm gonna nope out of that one <laughs> anyway that has been a that, that has been a, a persistent uh yeah challenge yeah mm-hmm. in, in in life i don't know because i yeah do you mm, hmm. do, do you routinely do you really routinely talk to non-family people on the phone? Non-family people. I, I have a handful of friends who, yeah, will do the, like, you know, monthly but I, I don't, or maybe, I don't, like, I don't, quarterly no, no. kind of phone call. I don't mean that. I mean, like, if you, if something could, if you, if you have, like, a friend or somebody, like, that you might have a conversation that would be, let's say, like, 15 total text messages. Will you call that person out of the blue, or will you just text them? Not like, "Hey, let's catch up." We haven't seen each other in a while, but like, yeah. Do you do you call non-family members with any regularity, just for the purposes of coordinating something or discussing something? Not like, "Hey, it's been a while." Every every now and then, but very rarely. Yeah, you don't call a millennial unannounced, right? Yeah, that's make it make it a law. I don't know. Yeah, Green New I, Deal. I would say that m- most of my calls, especially to non-family members, are like scheduled. Like you know what I mean? It's like yeah, you're texting and it's like, hey, like let's let's just like, I'll give you a call like tomorrow or something. Yeah, my hallmark, and I forget who I learned this from, is that you you when you when some you feel like something is too. Not too important, but too complex or texting would be the wrong medium. You text them, say, hey, are you free? And then you also say, follow up, nothing's wrong, you're not in trouble. Right. And that feels like the easiest way to solve that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, do you... Man, a lot, a lot of questions for me tonight. Wow. No, because a lot of the, uh, the a lot of the, this this is a uh, like these are like twelve mini show openers that I've had, but Slack now long now no longer shows me them because they want me to force me to pay sixteen dollars a month for Slack, and I won't. Um, how do you, do you do you know the phone number of how many people's phone numbers do you know? Not many. Do you know the phone number of your wife's parents off the top of your head? No, 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 no. What would happen if your phone broke and there was an emergency? 
I'd be in trouble. Yeah. I I it it, it takes me a moment usually to even remember like the lady friend's phone number. Like if I'm filling out a form or something, I I always like have to pause and think about it and I and I usually double check to make sure that I that I have it right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally yep. totally reliant on um the contacts app of iOS. Yeah. Feels unsustainable. I yeah, I I literally know nobody's phone number. Uh-huh. Like yeah. literally, yeah, no nobody. I don't even, I don't I don't know what your area code is. Yeah. I I still have um I still have my first well, I guess not. I had a prepaid phone first, but my my first like real cell phone i I still have the same phone number from from that so i've had a 714 or 949 949 yeah so i've had that since um 2004 or 5 i think yeah oc represent Mm -hmm. yeah interesting all right follow-up um this is not something that we actually put in the thing but uh, I, I picked up, this is not a part of the show because I haven't actually turned it on or done anything with it yet, but I went to the Apple store to pick up uh, an iPhone 14 Pro for myself. But while I was there, I did see the uh, midnight color MacBook Air, which looked very nice. It's not the computer for me, but it seemed nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to know what is, uh, you've had that for three weeks now. So what's a quick check-in? How, how do you like it? I, I got a day this... one, so I've had it. Um, I've had it um, over over two months now because I came out what end of July, I think. Yeah, I, I got Maybe. it sometime in July. Time flies. Yeah, and that's your um, family computer, right? It's it it is it is literally called the um, Fretwell Family MacBook Air. Yeah, <laughs> have to keep the air in there. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, yeah. How do you like it? I love it. It's great. Um, yeah. The, the midnight color is fantastic. It's, it's a bit of a fingerprint magnet, which is what everybody says about it, but it's a really, it's a really nice color. I mean, from most perspectives and in most lighting conditions, it sort of just looks black, which, which is not a, not a bad thing. But then, you know, in, in sort of bright light or in sunlight, it you get a little bit of that kind of bluish hue, um, which is which is really nice. Um and you know, it's it's crazy thin and light and can do can kind of just do everything I need it to do, include uh, including, you know, what we're doing right now. Wait, what? I'm, I'm, talking, being, I'm talking to you on it. Yeah, this is being re- recorded on a computer that's not that doesn't end in pro. Do you not care about the show? <laughs> I um, mean, it's it's you know it's perfectly capable, and I, I think I mentioned this before. Like, I mean, I just I literally have the the you know base model, which everybody kind of hated on when when the computer first launched, because I guess the like what was it like the SSD is slower or something. Um, it's, but it's slower or not as fast. It's fine. But uh, my yeah. main question is, does it have eight or 16? Eight. But I'm not, I mean, I'm Ooh. just, I'm not, I'm not using it for anything intense, you know? 
Because yeah, like even even for me, like my activity monitor, my use of like you know even like Lightroom or something like that is just it's not as not as heavy <laughs> as as yours. I don't know how it'd be any different though. We so open up activity monitor real quick. I'm I'm just I'm because now I just open mine and mm-hmm. um woof. Uh, let's see so i so i need to go to the memory tab here so i'm using like around six and a half gigs of my eight gigs of memory it looks like interesting i wonder if that's a what, what does it say under swap uh under swap used is that what you're yeah. asking about? Yeah. Well, for for some reason it it's it's 1016 megabytes. I don't know why that doesn't just show as 1 gigabyte, but what was the 1 gigabyte is 1024? Oh, okay. Well, that's there's the answer. <laughs> so just just shy of a gigabyte then, I guess. <laughs> so I guess maybe so I guess maybe my computer is using swap which maybe means that I'm using more than eight gigs of memory. I I don't know. That's well, fine. But that, yeah. but that's. Hmm. Do you remember what the upgrade would have been to get sixteen? Um, it would have been, I think, a couple hundred bucks, maybe. Yeah, that's challenging. Yeah, I mean, I so, get well, that they so, want to hit those price points, but eight eight is tight. Well, so he, but, here, I mean, here's, I mean, here's my thing, right? Like, I'm I'm privileged enough to have an M1 um max macbook pro from work so you know that for like you know all of my work stuff and anything that's more intensive like i've I've got that computer but then for all my personal stuff which is generally pretty lightweight i've got this computer like i'm not like if, if you know if i was a I don't know, a contractor or something. Like if I wasn't if I wasn't getting a computer from my employer and I was trying to do like all of my work and everything else on a single computer, I I don't think I would go with a MacBook Air or if I did, I would I would get a more, you know, highly specced one. But because this is sort of a you know, sidekick personal computer, I, you know, I don't need a ton from it. Uh, sidekick computer so wait so so you're what you're saying is that if you were a uh a joanna Gaines and you were showing people google sketchup on a apple laptop to show them what would the, uh, their house would look like with a demoed wall you would have sprung for the 16 gigs that's right yeah yeah if i, if I was using this for my job then then sure like you know the like I, I would not be able to use this computer very well for like my work but but it's just sort of a you know personal laptop. It's it's more more than capable. I I did consider getting the because you know Apple does that thing where they usually have like a couple of different sort of just like standard configs. And so with mm-hmm. the MacBook Air, the base config is eight gigs of RAM and two uh, two fifty six SSD. And then the other standard config they have is the um. You know, like the the non the non binned CPU. So I think it's got like one extra GPU core, maybe like one extra CPU and GPU core. I, I don't know some some extra number of cores. 
16 and 512 seems like a, the sweet spot for that computer. Well, and that's and that that's what it is. It, it's 16 and 512 is the um is the configuration of that of that other standard model, but you know, it it was like an additional 4 or 500 bucks. So, yeah. You know, and and I I just it, there just really wouldn't be anything in particular I would ever use that for. Yeah, for just like a kitchen computer, just to like occasionally like watch Netflix or pull up all recipes or do this. Yeah. yeah I mean, well, and, the, and the, completely adequate. The vision, you know, is to, is to kind of steal this, steal an idea from uh, Jason Snell, which is to, you know, basically start rolling down laptops and phones to, to family members. So, um, you know, as, as the kids get older and as they start to, you know, need slash want laptops and phones, I can kind of, you know, roll my my stuff down to them, which is good for them and good for me because then it gives me an excuse to upgrade. So you're saying you're not going to raise your children in the mold of that kid that says, what's a computer? <laughs> and then gets <laughs> not, told off by your neighbor? <laughs> iPadOS has um, a lot to prove before um, I'm willing to do that. But stage manager. Mm. Um for the record right now, uh, Lightroom is using 35 gigabytes of memory for, I don't know. Well, yeah, I Good don't job, even, Adobe. I don't even, <laughs> I don't have um, Lightroom open right now, so. All right, well, cool. It's it's a very, I'm I'm super envious of it because it's, it's just, it's such a tiny computer. It's just like, it's just so, it's, it's like a forget it about it, uh, forget about it computer. It's just so light and thin. Yeah, well, and and for me, like the other kind of nice thing that it that it does for me is when I'm away from home. So when I'm you know going away for you know overnight, basically, you know, in the past I've you know I've just had to bring my MacBook Pro, which is totally overkill for you know. I mean, generally speaking, when I'm away like that, you know, I don't need a laptop a ton. It's usually only for the occasional kind of thing. Um. And so having the the MacBook Air kind of slot into that spot and have that be the computer I take with me is is fantastic because I I still I still usually don't feel confident you know just taking an iPad or just having my phone like I really do like having access to a Mac whenever I'm traveling and yeah the the MacBook Air is 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 great for that nice. All right, uh, a couple other things. We talked about last week, uh, you were a big fan on iOS 16. One of the only good things about iOS 16 was that uh, you, you thought it had this, or you, you were a big fan of the photo carousel feature. Mm-hmm. I tried it. It, meh. I, I, I think it's kind of neat. I do, maybe if I were to take the time to curate an album or something, it would make more sense. But as of right now, I would say maybe... It's seventy five percent of the pictures it would choose were actually really good picks. Some of them not so much, but for me, I just I would always like it would it would pick a lot of like cityscape photos and things, or like just like photos I took on the street, like which is which is fun. But I would just get distracted thinking of hey, where was that? So it it became too much of a distraction, so I had to turn it off. But it's it's a neat feature. I'm I'm surprised or impressed that yours you're able to just point it at your photo library and it's doing a good enough job where it's not serving you up um, either enough duds or stuff that distracts you. 
the the distraction thing i don't have a problem with but i do totally agree with you that it's success rate in choosing photos is definitely not a hundred percent um and i it's it's kind of a balance right because like i i do think that having it choose and have it be kind of like a surprise which photos it's picking is is actually one of the parts that i really like about it and you would yeah you would obviously totally lose that if you just sat there and you know curated 50 photos you wanted it to rotate through but you know the 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 downside to that is that i mean I, i've mentioned this before like i mean it it will occasionally surface a photo that's just you know wildly out of focus <laughs> or mm-hmm. is not really sort of like it, it does it because it, it it crops photos obviously to you know to fit them on the, the iphone screen and so it sometimes will pick photos that aren't cropped you know super well but i don't know i i would say probably I'd say at least 75% of the time, maybe a little bit more than that. It it picks some some really nice photos. Um yeah. but I but I do still stand by what I said before, which I think I stole from Dan Morin, which is there there should be some ability to quickly see you know where where that photo was from or be able to tap it and have the photos app open and take you, you know, to the point in your your uh your library where that photo is. Well, because that would solve the distraction piece for me. It which would, is like, yeah. like where, where, where was this taken? Well, although but, actually, or may, when was it taken? Maybe it would exacerbate your distraction problem because then you'd click it, you'd see that in your photo library, then you'd look at the other photos in that kind of general time Wait. frame. So, so you're saying that uh, phones can sometimes uh, be distracting, and you can have an unhealthy relationship with your phone? I haven't heard that. <laughs> no, no, no uh, never, never heard about that. Ask me about my sleep schedule. I should make that a bumper sticker. Um, anyway, neat. Have you had over the past week any any particularly great photos that is highlighted, or just overall pretty solid? I would say overall it's it's pretty solid. I mean, I can even I'll take a little screenshot here because this is this is great radio. Does this one have the dynamic island in it? We shall see. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Where is this? Just trying to send this to you over. Oh, I almost just sent it to you over Instagram. Oh, because we were we were messaging over Instagram, which we don't typically do. But no, send it to you in the in the thing. I don't think this photo has the dynamic island on it. Oh, snoozy boy. Mm-hmm. Squishy face too. Yeah. All right. Um, this is vaguely fault. Did we talk about the Kindle Scribe last week? We did. You you pre-ordered one, and I don't think you're going to end up liking it, but... Probably not. Um, <laughs> so this is the, I feel like, the least founded rumor I've ever heard, but I'm not, I'm not super tied into the um, e-reader beat, but... Um, uh, and the website's not currently loading, but um, somebody writing at goodereader.com found something on a trade-in program on Amazon's website that they feel will suggest that there will be a Kindle Oasis 4 coming by the end of the year. I'm skeptical, but like, because here's like, so I guess to go back to last week about the Kindle Scribe, I don't, I'm sure I won't like it as an e-reader, but I have always 
been i've always been in love with the idea of using an ipad like is it, i don't know if, if mike was the one who championed this and, I'm, and again I'm, I'm proud of mike for eventually coming to a senses and he's he understands that ipads are kind of dumb for productivity stuff and he's back on back on the mac back to the mac but like just having a a an inner uh, like a, a electronic device that's like paper that you can write on even though i don't have very good handwriting or I used to, but I don't anymore. That's a very alluring concept. So the Kindle Scribe, I'm sure, would be a terrible e-reader because it's just too damn big. But I, I like if that was good, and the Kindle Oasis got a refresh, I, like I'd buy both. Like I mean, they serve different purposes. I don't, I, I don't know. Like, but anyway, the 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 rumor is allegedly that the Kindle Oasis will get a much needed update by the end of the year, and we'll have USB C, but. I'm not holding my breath, but I can dream. Yeah, I I told myself the same thing you just described when I got my current iPad Pro back in 2018. I, I bought the you know the second generation Apple Pencil to go along with it, thinking like, oh, this will be great for you know note taking or other kind of like one off kind of handwriting tasks. And I I never I never use it, <laughs> so. I wish yeah. I, I wish you luck in your endeavor. Like it's I, like I feel like it would work better if it didn't have all like the internet connected crap. Like I mean, because that's the problem with the iPad is that like I use it for so little because I feel like it's not good enough at the productivity stuff, but it's also not good at the like single purpose like distraction free stuff. So having an e ink device is kind of interesting for that because like it's a device that you can't just like command tab over to something but yeah i mean i'm hopeful but really i just want a new kindle because i fuck oh, i hate micro usb so much <laughs> because it's the here, here's because you have what mouse do you have well so i actually recently upgraded to the um the logitech uh mx master 3s what is and, it uh, the s stands for speed uh what <laughs> Um, jokes are not funny even after a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the, how's the charge? It, it's USB-C. I, so I'm a weirdo because again, my, my whole, like, uh, I don't know, like my information security policy, I guess, is to make my computer as hard to use for somebody who's trying to like hack me, I guess, possible, I guess, is that I have, I have that weird ass, like split Microsoft keyboard. And then I have the Logitech MX Ergo mouse, which is a trackball, which is any, anytime anybody tries to borrow my computer, it it, it just <laughs> it never works they're just like because you can't tell somebody in five seconds how to use a trackball like it's a thing that takes like hours to learn how to use because mm-hmm. um, like you feel like you want to move it around on the table but there's no it, it does nothing right anyway it's the perfect mouse it's great i don't have any rsi stuff but it i feel like it is preventing a lot of that but they don't make it in a USB-C version so it and the kindle are the only two devices i still have that charge over micro usb and it's the worst. <sighs> yeah, I think this because I've I've been a longtime user of the the Logitech, I guess like Master series of mice, and I think this is the first one um, that charges over USB C, and maybe maybe the second one. I, th- I think I was a couple generations behind with the previous one that I had, but it's relatively new that they've switched over to USB C, although. Their little 
unifying receiver dongle thing. I bet your ass that's USB-A. Still USB-A. <laughs> Even like this uh, this um, Master 3S m- mouse that I got, I-, I think came with a like newer version of that unifying receiver compared to the one that I had. Um, but it's it's still still USB-A. I'm looking at this MX Master 3S. It's got like it looks like it's a mouse wearing bell bottoms. Like it's got this big like this huge flare to the left side, which feels like it would be weird moving it sliding it around the desk. It's I don't know, it's it's I've always really found cuz the 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 overall like ergonomics of the Logitech Master series have have stayed mostly the same. Like the the changes from mouse to mouse are usually pretty iterative like with you know different buttons and things like that or you know the addition of USB-C but i i just i've i've always found the shape of them really really comfortable so that's why i use them two questions cuz this this has one of those features that i've always found not problematic but just weird um does the mouse have that thing where when you're scrolling you can like if you just let go it just scrolls forever yeah, so with the with the scroll wheel, if you press in on it, it flips between. Well, actually, oh, I know. You know what it is? It, it's there's a little button below the scroll wheel, and that mm-hmm. that flips the um, the scroll wheel from being kind of like clicky versus being just like you know basically free spinning. Do you use the free spinning mode? And if so, no. what could possibly be? I can't imagine a use case where that's useful. No, I don't. I don't ever. It's always in the 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 clicky mode. Yeah. Um, and the, the yeah. thing that it does too, which is kind of neat, is it, it's got the it's got an app which you'll love. This is called um, Logitech or Logi Options Plus. Of course, it is. They previously had a Logi Options app, and then they came out with a new version of it, and that's Options Plus. It has a subscription. It does not have a subscription, as far as I know. Um, then, then they're misusing the word plus. <laughs> uh, but it, it does the thing where all of the buttons on the mouse can be programmed for different things, depending on which app you're using. So, for example, you- like in Zoom, yeah, you you can have, you know mute and video on and off and that kind of stuff like mapped to the buttons which which is nice and actually zoom have you changed any of those for yourself well uh not not really no but and zoom is the app that came to mind because that's kind of the the only (laughs) the only app that um i i use that for oh if you could somehow map like figure you got to do some hacking or some some like that would actually be the ultimate mute button going back to our offline conversation Oh, uh, if I can make it like a a system mute button, yeah, yeah, that would yeah. that'd be nice. There's, what is the? This I've actually, I've never understood. What is the? Is it a gamer thing? What is the possible use case for the left side scrollies? Um, I think what does it do here in Chrome? In Chrome, it um scrolls the page horizontally. Like I can sort of maybe see where it might be useful in Excel, but also not really. I like, do. Yeah. You, do you ever use it? No, I don't. I I use this mouse because it's comfortable. I don't really do because it's got how many buttons is this thing? It's got. I mean, obviously, other than the left and right click, it's got the scroll wheel, which also can be pressed in as a button. It's got the 
side scrolly thing. Um, it's got two additional buttons below that. And then it's got another button that is like kind of below where your thumb rests. Like that whole area is a big button. But I don't, mm. I don't really, again, outside of like muting my audio on Zoom, I, I don't really use any of these other buttons. It's just a comfortable mouse. Neat. Um, and you're still on a Microsoft Sculpt, right? I'm not. No, that um, that that was left um in my office when I went on uh, parental leave in 2020, and then um got put in a box at some point when my office kind of you know basically decided that we weren't weren't ever coming back on a full time basis. So it's it's sitting it's sitting in a box somewhere. And then are you using a magic keyboard or what are you using? Yeah, I'm using the what is this? I I guess it's yeah, I think I think it's called the magic keyboard. Yeah. Whatever the whatever one that that Apple sells. I well I, actually I have two. So I've got um a magic keyboard that that doesn't have touch ID um that I've had for years. I've had this for like 3-4 years and that that's paired with my macbook air which i'm using now and then i have the i guess they still call it the magic keyboard right the one that they currently sell um i've got one of those that has the touch id button on it and i use that on my macbook pro got it and i've i've actually um i've thought about buying um a another magic keyboard with the touch id button for my macbook air but they're horribly expensive and i I don't i don't use an external keyboard all that often with my macbook air so and this this magic keyboard i have that doesn't have the touch id button it still works perfectly fine so i've kind of had a hard time justifying that purchase i haven't googled it yet but i'm guessing 179 it's yeah, it's something something like that. Yeah, I, oh, I oh, think it's one seventy nine if you want the ten key. Right. I think well, I think the so which, which I have for my work laptop, and I I think the other issue too is um, if you want the version that doesn't have the ten key, I think it like only comes in white or something, which I wasn't crazy about. Um, oh wait, what color? What color would you get it in? Well, the the um the one that I have for my work computers, like it's it's like the kind of you know silver background with like the dark keys oh so it looks like the laptops yeah but then i think i think the one without the 10 key i think it's like is is all white or something i actually i should i should look this up as we're talking there i i looked into it when i got my macbook air and there there were reasons why i um i decided not to not to do it in in addition to the the cost being kind of um exorbitant mm-hmm. god did apple the apple store website is just not very good it's hard to find it, it, it got better they undid all the angela aaron stuff so you can now go to apple.com slash store and it does what you expect it to yeah that's true um but yeah so that that, that was the that was the issue is so it's 149 dollars um and it's 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 got the white keycaps well, it comes and in any then, color you want as long as it's white. But, <laughs> um, eh, I mean, but also, who's buying a keyboard without a ten key if it's not a split keyboard? Well, but for for like for my MacBook Air, that that's all 
that's all I need. Well, but if it's on a desk, just like why why not? It's not like you're hurting for space. But eh, I, okay, I get it. I mean, I, I guess the and other thing for, I actually for aesthetics. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the, the black is pretty. It is. Yeah, no, the the one I have for my work laptop is great. And I guess the thing I haven't looked into is I suppose I probably could just use that same keyboard for both laptops. I guess if I don't I don't quite know how that would work. I guess I could just Would you have to repair it every time or would it remember I, both? I yeah, that I don't I don't know. I I should look into that actually cuz that actually that would be that would be the solution to my problem, but I don't know the 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 MacBook Air. I only I only really ever have it connected to like the setup here in the office with like my monitor and everything when we're doing this. Like otherwise, the MacBook Air usually is just used as a laptop around the house. So I don't use it with an external keyboard and mouse all that often. Um. All right. And then, did we talk about this last week or was offline? Uh. Have you ever seen an app clip in the wild, or we, still? We, we did. We did talk about this last week. Yeah. And it's, okay. It's, so that was, um, it, yeah. Don't don't see it much. That's my main point. I feel like there's a lot of features that came out in iOS 14 and 15 that got. Have you ever used SharePlay with anybody? No. No. Like yeah, there's a lot of stuff that have like been. Have you ever used the thing where you select text in a photo? Yeah. Have you ever used that? I've I've never. Selected text, never selected text in a photo. I have searched for photos where I know that there's certain text that shows up. I do that every once in a while, and that you know that's, that's more useful. Handy. Yeah, but I feel like the thing, like it, it has made it way worse. Where I will frequently just try to be trying to tap on a photo, and it will think, "Hey, well, there's there's something that vaguely looks like text on this photo. Do you want to do that instead?" Yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of features are are kind of they're grasping at straws. It feels like, but yeah. all right. Um, yeah, Elon Musk, we're good. Um, uh, well, we have two. Yeah, let's talk about iPhone sizes real quick. So, you got your new fancy 14 Pro Max, and we'll we'll circle back in a second to how that phone is doing for you. If you have any new bits of feedback on it. But I finally, I, like yesterday, I got my iPhone 14 Pro that I still have not had the time, time to set up or activate. But in deciding which one to get, I hadn't checked in for a while in terms of how much storage space I actually need and am using. And I currently, I, like for the past two or three generations, I've purchased the, the 256 gig model. And on my current phone, I have 29 gigabytes of storage space free. Uh, so I wasn't really sure what to get. And I ended up going with a 512 for a couple of reasons. I feel like you have semi-strong feelings on how, what criteria somebody should use to decide this on that maybe are at odds with mine. But I was thinking that I don't like having most of my photos in the cloud. Like, they exist there, but I like having keep originals turned on. And also, because I haven't uh, been out like shooting with my fancy camera much, I actually have basically nothing stored in Lightroom on iOS. The fact that I only had 29 gigs of space felt like too little for comfort in that regard. So, yeah, I went 512. And it, it, the annoying part about that is that 
the jump from 128 to 256 is 100 dollars, but the jump from 256 to 512 is $200 and that mm. hurts. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but anyway, I was feeling like I feel like with the camera improvements on the 14 Pro I I don't know I don't know what the 15 would have that I I think I might sit out a generation in the same way that I sat out the iPhone 10 and 10s. So, yeah. Not sure it was the right choice, but it is what it is. So I, you, I I, when, I think it, I think it was the right choice. I think only having 20 whatever gigs free that's that's a little that's a little tight. So I I think you made the right decision. But I mean that goes to our fundamental disagreement, and so and you can make your case, or you can say you can talk about your perspective. Is I keep I have down uh, iCloud photo library keep originals turned on on mine, and you specifically because you've got um, kiddos, you've got uh, you take much 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 more video than I do, uh, so therefore you have optimized storage turned on. So I guess do you can you fathom any reasons why you would ever need more than two fifty six, or are you? 100% content to just trust the cloud and that you'll have fast internet everywhere all the time. Well, it's not really a disagreement we have. I, I don't have an option. So my my iCloud photo library at full size is over a terabyte. So Jesus. Yeah. So I there there is no iPhone that would fit that entire library at original size. So I'm I'm forced to use the the optimize storage option. I mean, you know, if I had the option, I would you know I would gladly have full resolution photos and videos on my phone because it it is definitely annoying. Like it, it not so much with photos because it's pretty quick to download the original, but with videos, if you go back and try and watch an old video, sometimes you get like the the buffering as it's like you know downloading the original video, and that that's kind of annoying. But yeah, I I don't. I don't have an option not to use that feature. And when you when you do use that feature, I mean it it really optimizes storage. I mean my my you know 1 plus terabyte photo library with the um optimized storage option turned on, I think ends up taking I I sent you this the screenshot of this. It ends up taking like, like 13 gigs. Yeah, so it I kind of wish there was more of like a middle ground, honestly, with that option. It, it seems like there should be, but, um, but anyway, yeah, that that's, I'm forced to use that. And, and because it, you know, takes up so little space when you use that option, I don't, I don't have a ton else on my phone. So for me, <laughs> you know, 256 is plenty. I always would have thought that that, Optimized storage would actually use as much disk space as you would, it would you be would allowed. Think. Yeah, you'd think. And then, like, just like whenever it got maybe to below fifty, it would start like aggressively purging. But yeah, yeah, I that's that's. I don't. Cause, I I don't know why. Yeah, that, that it's a good point. I I don't know why Apple hasn't put more time into making that feature basically say like for someone like me hey you've got a you know a 256 gig phone that you've got over 100 gigs free on let's take up some more of your some some more of that space with your you know huge photo library seems like that's something they could do but they haven't yet yeah so i mean i don't know like and my other reasoning here was and this is a feature that hasn't shipped yet and quite possibly will not work the way i want it to 
but I feel like my um, photo library could potentially double in space. And if there is some way that iCloud shared photo libraries works in some way where I can create <clears throat> another, like I'd somehow have a separate like iCloud family member that are my fancy camera photos. And again, I've, I've, I've heard so many conflicting reports about how the feature actually works that I don't know if this is possible. I feel like you suggested it, it might be, but I don't think it will be. Anyway, that, that was the other reason, which is just the hopes that somehow I can have like a siloed second tab that is fancy camera photos. So I, I think that will work. Um, and I, I explained other last week, the week before why I think that'll work exactly like you want it to. Um, and assuming that does work, yeah, the, 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 the size of your photo library will, will explode. I mean, I guess if you're, I, I guess if you're carefully curating, which fancy camera photos go into your photo library, you might be okay. But if you're kind of just as a general rule of thumb, you know, dumping all of your fancy camera photos into that, you know, assuming that you're doing, you know, what, what about 80% quality or whatever it is exporting at a Lightroom. I mean, those end up being about 10 megs a piece. So mm-hmm. that, that adds up really fast. And that's, I mean, for me, the the reason my photo library is so big is because I, I, I shoot a lot that, of video and I, that 4k 60, I love that 4k 60. And I've, I've had that on for, well, I mean, as long as that's been a feature on the iPhone. So some number of years now, and then you know, I, I bring almost all, not not all, but almost all of my fancy camera photos over, and that those are about ten megs a piece. So you know, between those two things, the the storage you know adds up really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the thing where, and, and that's the part that I struggle with is like I I don't know, it's just that separation of church and state sort of where I I I I just think conceptually of fancy camera and iPhone photos differently. Or seeing them right next to each other would just be kind of jarring, even though that is probably the right solution. Yeah, I don't know. You're 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 doing it right, and I'm just fussy. Well, I mean, the the, thing, the, the, the thing for me is ninety five percent of the time that I want to look at a photo, I want to look at it on my phone. And so if if I yeah. if I don't put my fancy camera photos on my phone, I would I would kind of just never see them and and never share them with anybody. But but you don't have enough of them in like I guess for me, like when I do that, I would have had like a published album on Smug Mug and they have a companion app on my phone. Well, yeah, I you're right. I I, I could do I could do that. But you're but that. again, if this if but if, if that juxtaposition doesn't bother you, then that that the the simplicity and the um also because you I I I think I impressed upon you the uh the pleasantness of geotagging in Lightroom, even though it kind of sucks. It, it, that, I mean that it, that it does. Why does it suck so much? It is. It is. Wh- why? Why does so much of Lightroom suck? <laughs> I mean, uh, for like, it's 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 the best of what there is, but in so many it's, ways, it's, it's, it's really tr- it, it's really bad, and it's it's so unintuitive. I've I've spent so much time Google searching how to how to geotag photos in Lightroom. It's so much more confusing than it should be. But anyway, so what, one one tip that I will actually this is I was not expecting to give Lightroom tips right now. One thing that I have done, because I do geotag everything, but I will frequently, I have my home, when I want to tag something that I took at home, I have that set to an address like on the coast. 
because I don't want to accidentally publish a bunch of photos online to have my home address on them. So I, I have a favorite stored that is not my home address, but if I need to look for stuff that was at home, I can pull up that address. But can't, I mean, I when, you, when you export JPEG, can't you have it strip location data? Oh yeah, but I'm not smart. So therefore, like, cause if it's <laughs> of any, if it's of any place that's not at home, I do want the, um, EXIF to show where it was taken. Hmm. Cause like if, if I'm just like wandering around a city, like that's, I mean, that's useful information and I mean, I don't mind that, but I, I feel like, cause I have like, cause when you're doing exports in Lightroom, you can have a bunch of presets. I mean, I have like, Hey, spit out a folder of 24 megapixel, 80% JPEGs that have a location on and the one that doesn't. But I just don't want to take a bunch of stuff at home or whatever and then accidentally, not not that, I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, like, I'm sure you could figure out where I live in two seconds, but it, I just, I don't want that. So therefore, all my stuff at home is a, uh, the address of a cottage on the coast of Inverness, California in, uh, <laughs> uh, in Western Marin County. Anyway. Um, is there an update on when iCloud or iShared photo libraries is coming out? It sounds like it's going to be, um, iOS 16.1, which will presumably be sometime, sometime by the end of October. Yeah. Sounds fair. All right. Um, let's talk about something that I think you're passionate about. Google Stadia. (laughs) <laughs> you're very passionate you are, yeah or you sorry well actually so we have two gaming things this week um you were cautiously ex- you you found it interesting when it launched right well so to the point where i think you bought you had a free for one you eventually canceled it or returned it i, I returned it yeah because um, it was bad or you just never used it well i i never used it and what turned me off from it was the the service was a mess where I, and I, they may have corrected some of this stuff over time, but at least at launch, cause I had like pre-ordered one, you know, before it was out. And so I got mine day one. And so the service from the get go had some weird things like you had, you know, you paid a monthly fee and that gave you access to some games, but then a lot of other games, you had to actually buy separately, you know, much in the way that you would buy a game on Steam or something. But then you would lose access to those games that you spent, you know, 40, 50 bucks on if you stopped paying your monthly fee. So like that whole setup mm. was just was just not I didn't like any of that. And wait, so it was it was static like a one-off purchases but that was locked behind a subscription paywall. Ex- exactly, oh, be- yeah. Because you have no hardware that it could run on. So unless mm. Right. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. And I, I think they may have somehow made that a little more flexible over time. But again, I just never, I didn't really follow it. But then also, you know, when it first launched, you know, the, the performance was was pretty good, but but wasn't really what they promised. So, so yeah, I, I just kind of, you know, as you would say, kind of noped out of it, you know, right right from the get-go. But you know, I, I've well, seen it. I've seen it. You know, in action a couple of different times, and you know, it's it. I don't know. It, it it makes for an impressive tech demo, but I, it's just you know, it's a lot like self driving and EVs. Like it's it's it, it, the the technologies will get there at some point, but they're not 
they're not there yet and it's it's probably going to take longer than people want to admit to until it's there um so yeah anyway yeah um, this well so like and this was supposed to be like the second coming of wasn't there a service called on live i think that was yeah like one of the first streaming gaming services yeah so let me let me look it up in slack but somebody had a pretty solid take on it that i don't want to paraphrase too poorly um something i didn't realize until just going back and looking at this verge article that's in the in the notes um so I, I, I the part that I did read before was that the, Google's refunding any software purchases that have been made for people who have been using the service. Um, but the, the part that I didn't realize until just now is they're they're also refunding all hardware purchases too. So they're, they're I'm ba- assuming that means there wasn't there isn't a lot to refund. Yeah, probably not. I, mean, I guess, but. So I, I guess I I guess I could have kept that Stadia controller and then gotten a refund on it, you know, almost three years later. But yeah, uh. so I mean, there, there's two good takes on this, which is the, and I don't know who McClure One Eleven is, but uh, quote Stadia is not a product that exists because people want it. I'm not sure why it exists, but it seems to exist because it could. Google knew how to make it, and it would be a good thing for Google if people wanted it, so they made it and assumed the reasons would follow. And that kind of makes sense, because I guess I'm not sure who this was actually for, because I don't have the tweet in front of me, but somebody else like pointed to this, which is that like in in the Americas, you don't... like. The people who would most benefit from like compute power in the cloud purpose built for gaming but also have an internet connection fast enough to make it work already have access to consoles. Like in other markets where maybe having like a buying yourself a fancy gaming computer with a an RTX 3000 maybe i don't know you tell me that's right but like that if you have that kind of money you all you also you just don't need this service but if you do if that's something that's unavailable to you you're in a place where you're probably relying on cellular networks and things like that which is not fast enough to support this so i guess i'm I'm, yeah i don't really see the situation where anything like this actually does hit that critical mass of adoption because just really who is this a better experience for? Mm. Yeah, no, it, does, I, it doesn't. I think you're right. Doesn't Microsoft also make this? Well, they they have their whole like Xbox cloud service thing, but that that is very sort of com- like it's a complementary service. Like it's not it's not the primary focus in and of itself like, i don't i don't even think there's a way to subscribe to it on its own like i think it's just it's just part of uh whatever it's called game pass or whatever um wait what you still need an xbox for it i well i mean you can you can sign up for um game pass for windows too so i don't i don't think you necessarily need like xbox hardware but like game pass is primarily a service where you're 
you know, downloading games locally either onto your Windows PC or onto your Xbox and playing them that way. And then I think the cloud thing is sort of a, you know, a, a sidekick service to that. Which is which no, is probably the right way to think about it, at least for now, where like in a pinch, sure, it's it's fine, but like that wouldn't be necessarily the primary way you want to play games. Yeah, I, I just remember the a, like a big thing with the Microsoft one being that like, hey, you can play Flight Simulator 2020, I think was is the year. Um, yeah, without having to have an insane gaming PC, which seemed like a, a nice value proposition. And I and I think I looked into that for a minute until I remember I just don't play video games. But like that, that seems kind of neat. But yeah, I, I just yeah, I don't. I'm not sure who the this is for. Like until this is a thing, kind of like how, like every TCL TV has like Roku and Apple TV built in. Until you can just like Bluetooth pair a controller to your like no name smart TV, it feels like just buy a console. Oh, well that that's kind of the vision is is to have like an Xbox app or something be just an app on your smart TV and, and have it work that way. And you know I think the the tech will get there. It's just going to be a while. Yeah. And then the other gaming thing, I just, I just mostly want an explainer because you're, you're the gaming focused one of the two of us, which is there's a company called EVGA that a couple of weeks ago ended their partnership with NVIDIA. And I mostly just had a question of, because I never understood this about video cards and you've built gaming PCs in the past. So you're probably more adept to know. NVIDIA makes graphics processors, but you can't buy like an NVIDIA graphics card, right? You you can. Yeah. Yeah, they, they but, do. But I, but I guess like why why does EVGA and I, I know there's many, many others, but their names escape me. But like why do these random like third parties, why, why is that who you're buying a high-end video card from what what is that arrangement i don't i don't really know exactly why they've set it up that way i mean you can buy nvidia video cards directly from them but they're they're pretty limited like in in terms of availability um they they mostly sell their gpus to third-party manufacturers who then sell cards I don't really know what the origin of that is exactly, but you know, every every one of these third party manufacturers does different things. You know, they some of them, you know, put bigger fans on the cards so that they can be overclocked. You know, some manufacturers put fancy lights and stuff on them, or you know, whatever. Um, I think some of them also probably have like different numbers of um, ports, like you know, different different numbers of like display port and HDMI outputs, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, mm. I, that's, I, I don't exactly know what the origin of that is, but that that's been, that's been the setup kind of for forever. I mean, AMD does the, the same thing with their video cards where you, you can buy them directly from AMD, but you know, most people I think buy them from third party manufacturers. Although I feel like, I feel like like on Newegg and stuff, I feel like I see more like direct or you know video cards directly from AMD as opposed to like Nvidia, but but 
yeah, it, it, it's always been the case that third parties are the, the, kind of the, the primary way you buy video cards. And another dumb question, AMD bought ATI? Right, yeah. Okay, because it, it used to be ATI and NVIDIA. Yeah, and AMD, okay. AMD bought ATI. God, that's been... That's been a that's been a long time now. Got it. That's like been over over a decade, maybe. It's been a while. That time sucks. Alright. Um oh, okay, and then a quick Wi Fi update. Um lighter work than usual. So two things. So I have kind of come to a point where I feel like I'm maybe over my fussing networking setup mm. uh, because it's like so i moved and i guess I, maybe it's just that the the like the five gigahertz spectrum around here like just like the, i mean this the, I, I have a lot of neighbors and maybe there's just like a million and one wi-fi networks but like my wireless throughput has kind of good to kind of tanked a little bit like it's down to like i've got a gigabit connection that i do reliably get when it's wired in but i sent you a couple of speed tests and i I was only getting like 150 over wi-fi so it was it was better in your old place it still wasn't amazing like i still feel like there was some work to do on it that i never actually ended up bothering to troubleshoot or try to figure out but nobody got worse when i moved so that's what makes me think it was it's it's a spectrum capacity issue that i'm sure i could could have troubleshot to a degree but like I just felt like my setup was kind of I, I I was li- I was not taking advantage of the stuff that the fussiness would have lent itself to. Mm-hmm. So we had talked about this prospectively on the show, and you had mentioned that the Eero, the latest generation of Eero, was promising, but that it was it, it seemed to experience a lot of dropouts. In uh, reviews noted that, and I don't know if you actually got an Eero 6 and then ba- I, bailed on it. I, I I did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, I I did it anyway. So <laughs> uh, because like I I got an ad, an Instagram ad that said, "Hey, uh Eero's family of something something routers is 40% off for an early early Halloween sale or some dumb nonsense." No, they're they're uh, doing sales, uh they're doing the another spice Eero's. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing like a, basically like another Prime Day for the first time, and they're yeah, Prime they're, Early Access for the holidays. Exactly, they're billing it as like an early access thing for the, for the holidays. But then Amazon took all of their products, like Kindles and Eero, etc., and they they put them on like a pre pre sale. <laughs> so yeah, that that's what oh, you got. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So basically, the I got the. Eero, I don't even know. Eero Pro 6e, the one with all the problems, <laughs> apparently when it first came out. And um it was it's normally three hundred dollars per mm. thingy. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, are they called nodes? I don't know. The, the, well, they're called thingies. Right. Um and it's normally three hundred dollars and it was on sale for one seventy nine. And I was like, Yeah, Amazon has no hassle returns. Fuck it, why not? And I got it one. They eros have chunked up. Like they're 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 hefty now. Well, just um, just just the one that you got. So all of the non 
Pro 6E models. Well, actually, I guess maybe the the because I think there was a Pro model before the 6E model, so maybe it's all of the non-Pro models. They're still, I think, basically the same size they've always been. But the yeah, the the Pro models are enormous. I I actually when I was looking at networking stuff earlier this year, I, I happened to be in a Best Buy like around that same time. And I had never seen any of the newer Eros in person. And so I had no idea there was any size difference between any of them. And they happen to have like a, you know, a non-pro and a pro Eero next to each other. And I, <laughs> I was shocked at how big the, the pro version was. It's, it's huge. You know, like as I sent you a picture, don't put it in the show notes. Um, it, it it's 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 like basically as big as a Mac Mini. Yeah, like it, it's a yeah. it's a big ass router. Right. Um, yeah, I mean I don't know, like, but I currently like I mean I, I set it up and it is a lot faster. Like I, I am getting five hundred plus megs down, yeah. which is but that's a lot, lot, a lot better. That's and that's between five and six hundred is that's when you get a like a Wi Fi six router. I mean. They've got the theoretical, you know, maximums of whatever it is, like a gig or two down. But I'm sure if every, I mean, that, that what you're getting, the like the 522 or whatever is like that's that's what I get. That's what everybody gets in in real world use. Yeah, I mean, and it seems good. Like, I mean, the 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 difficult nerd inside me, which is the whole me, um, is that like it's very it the the, the I hate the app. Like, it's too. It's too limited and simplistic, but I guess that's the point. So I'm going mean, to play around with it. You've gone from like what is probably the most customizable network setup to what is the least. probably the, the most limited. So you yeah, in particular but, are going to notice that. But I guess the whole thing of like, it's just that like, I just don't want to think about it and it's fine. But my biggest issue is that, that it, by default, it assigns all the IP addresses starting with one nine two, witness instead of ten, and it, that's those that's an ugly IP address. I don't know. It, I, I gotta w- figure out how to fix. It. I was I was gonna ask you why you were gonna make this change, and the answer is literally for aesthetics. Yes. No, but how? Do, so what's what's the IP address of your Synology? Uh, how do you connect to your Synology? It's it's just it's it's saved on it's saved on my Mac. But as an IP address or as a like well, yeah, I think, a, I, think a, I've, a I, I think I've assigned it a static IP address question mark. Well, yeah, but then your the IP address your Synology is one nine two dot one six eight dot one dot one two four or whatever. That's I I think so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I, I understand functionally that that makes no difference, but I don't know why this. No, I um. Because I, the alternative is like is like that if you you can easily and there is a way to change it and somebody on on a subreddit was saying like it is possible but you have to do all this stuff and then I did it and then the internet stopped working like the the wireless network still worked but the internet didn't and I just I was too tired to fix it so I just went back to the the ugly IPs. Well, this isn't exactly the same thing, but it, I'm bringing this up as a way to prove that I um, understand where you're coming from. Um, my big thing is that. I have to have all of my devices connected to the network, like properly named. So yeah. like, you know, in, in the Eero app, right? Like when random stuff connects to your network for the first time, it's got some, you know, just 
junk name associated to it usually. And yeah, so I I go through and like meticulously rename what everything is. Um, so you can't have brother Q one four zero zero Wi Fi printer with something on there. You got to give it, it a name. Exa- exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like again, I understand this aesthetics are stupid, but it's just one of those things. Like, I don't know. no, I like, I, I, like, I, I get it. I get it. It's like I, it's like I don't like odd numbers. If something has like a volume control, I don't ever want to leave it on an odd number. That's that's barbaric. So, yeah. Anyway, um, so anyway, this thing is fine. I'm still. I haven't had like it's it's only, I've I've had it for I've had it for a day. I haven't noticed any Wi-Fi dropouts. Like, what what are the Wi-Fi drops out, dropouts? Is it that it thinks it's connected but it doesn't go anywhere, or it's just not online? So I I had my Eero set up for a week and. Within that week, I had two instances where the entire network went down that required me to like unplug the power to the three nodes and plug those back in. And then I had at least a half dozen different occasions where just my iPhone would lose connectivity. Like it would still, it would still show that it was connected to Wi Fi, but just the internet wouldn't work. Until I turned Wi-Fi off on my iPhone and turned it back on. So yeah, so that that's what I was asking in terms of is it going to be that I just wake up and my laptop just shows just like airport like looking for network, or is it going to be no. uh, is going to be connected but then it just doesn't go anywhere? Correct, exactly. Mm-hmm. So both both with the entire network issue that I had a couple of times and with the iPhone specific issue, the you know, Wi-Fi still showed up as being connected, but just nothing would load on the internet. And it happened for me fast. Like the first time that the entire network went down was like, I think within about 24 hours of me setting it all up. Um, which is which is a, which is a shame because I actually, I really like at, at least the the non pro Eero hardware because it's it's nice and small and in just kind of nondescript, which is kind of what I want from networking hardware. I actually think the app is is pretty nice at least visually and the you know the setup process was really smooth so i i i was really impressed out of the box but then you know starting to use it it just it just wasn't just wasn't reliable enough and you know when you i think i mentioned this on the show too at the time like when you do reddit searches for the issues that i was having it's like r slash euro is just like full of people with verbatim exactly the same issue with you know going back like years like some of the iphone specific stuff looks like it's gone back at least a couple years with just no (laughs) no solution so um and you know for me too like i i had eros when i first moved into this house you know a little over four years ago and was also having some weird issues which is which is why i stopped using them in the first place so you know, I've just I've never I've never had good good luck with Euro, which is which is too bad. Hmm. Well, I've got thirty days with it. Currently twenty four hours in. Seems fine, but we shall see. Uh, allegedly there have been multiple software updates that have addressed a lot of this and Euro blamed it on the thread stuff that's in it. And again, I don't still don't know what thread does. Um so hmm. I, w- I mean I wonder if your setup will be more stable just by virtue of only having one having node. One. Yeah. I, I do wonder if maybe some of the issues I've had with Eero in the past has been with the mesh stuff. Although, I mean, that's 
that's no good excuse either because, you know, with, with like the Google Nest setup that I had for quite a while and then with my current TP link setup, I mean, I, I never have any stability issues. So, but what was your issue? Well, so that, that's the reason I brought this up is that also this is a, this has an angle on your side, which is that you pre-ordered maybe or, or ordered a, a, a Google Nest, uh, Wi-Fi pro. Right. But just Super briefly, remind me what is your issue with the TP Link stuff? So it, it's been mostly rock solid. Um, there, there's been a weird issue with with my MacBook Pro where sometimes, like it, if it wakes up from sleep, it it does eventually connect to the to the internet, but it like it takes a while. It takes like twenty seconds or something. Um, I've not noticed it at all on my MacBook Air, but then I, I never noticed it on my MacBook Pro prior to getting this TP-Link set up. So I, I'm not a thousand percent sure it's related to the TP-Link to be honest, but it might be. Um, and then I've also had an issue where my, my Apple watch, like it's, it's basically supposed to always be connected to Wi-Fi as kind of like a secondary connection if it loses connection to your phone. And sometimes my Apple Watch just doesn't connect to my Wi-Fi. So like if it loses, you know, if it loses connection to my phone, it'll basically just default to cellular, um, which I never noticed prior to getting this TP-Link set up. So I actually don't totally know if either of those issues I've been having are related to my current setup. But whether they are or not doesn't change like my primary problem with them, which is the the software is just is just so bad. The the app that you set up and manage the the whole network through is just it's it's so bad. And so um the the nice thing with this this um Google Nest Wi-Fi Pro, whatever they're called, announcement that that was made official yesterday is that they're also releasing a, a brand new version of the Google Home app, which is what you use now to manage all their networking gear. And that that was one of my main reasons for dropping that previous Google setup that I had. So, well, but quick point of order, which is that th- that's the this is going to be the third redesign. So the first one you had no issues with, and then they redesigned it, made it crappy. And I, uh, well, what makes you think this Bruce no, second so, redesign's good? So actually that not quite so the way that it worked when i originally bought into the the google networking stuff is it was a separate app so there was a there was a google wi-fi app which which was pretty good and then they folded that into the google home app which i think they did around the same time that they redesigned it to the current version which is about to become the previous version and i didn't really care for that um and so anyway now they're coming out with this this new version um but you know i mean i I should have never given up that previous google nest setup that i had like it was totally rock solid it was it was great outside of that rocky transition to the google home app so basically by (laughs) by going by buying back into a Google Nest Pro. I'm kind of just reversing the the mistake that I made earlier this year. 
and I'll, you know, I'll sell this TP link setup and that'll be fine. And then really dumb novice question. As long as you keep the same SSID and WPA2 key, do you not have to set up any of your smart home stuff again? So we, yeah, we, we've talked about this on the show too. Um, yeah, basically, yes. What's that? I was saying, I don't listen. I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, yes. Like every one of my devices here at the, at the home manages that totally fine. Except for Sonos, which just has a complete has a complete <laughs> meltdown. Anytime well, luckily you only have one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, fortunately, having changed um, networking hardware twice this calendar year, I, I I have some experience with the Sonos stuff because the the first time it happened, I was like, what the, what is going on? Um, but now when when these google nest pro thingies show up at the end of this month i'll i'll be uh ready to uh fix the the sonos stuff which is yeah it's it's hilarious the first time you open the sonos app after you change networking gear it just it throws up like four different error messages and just has a complete meltdown and it doesn't really do a great job of like telling you what you need to do to fix it um but anyway. Okay. Well, please fill me in before my return policy shows up and I will report back next week if I have a massive history of um drop connections. But yeah, I think if you I think if I think if you go a week and don't have any issues, you're you're probably fine. Um Yeah, I'm I'm the these Google these Google Nest pro things show up uh i think like august 26th or something um so a few weeks it's long wait yeah they're they it's kind of weird they like they leaked like a month ago like b and h i think accidentally posted them and then they've they've got this like big hardware event tomorrow as we're recording on on october 6th but they well, yeah that's they, but they the, that's the pixel stuff right well, it like is, the but then but then there's other hardware stuff too that they were going to announce. But then they they've already basically announced the pixels, and then they've ne- they've now also formally announced all the other hardware that's going to be shown tomorrow. So it, I, I'm a little unclear what the purpose of that event is tomorrow, but um, but yeah, the, this this Wi-Fi stuff is what I was interested in, and that was that was an immediate pre-order. And both, you know, both the Eero and the Google stuff have uh, have a really important thing in common, which is that they're not ugly. Like so, so much networking stuff is just just not not good looking. It's either like a bunch do you of mean? Any... Do you mean like the like the Orbi other mesh stuff, or do you well, mean like it's... the the like the weird Asus routers that look like aliens? I, I mean both. So like the 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 latter, like the Asus stuff it's got all the the million antennas sticking out but then you've got the Orbeez which you know make your era pro look like an iPod nano well so um, just like so let's check the wire cutter four best wi-fi routers for 2022 like all these things look like a safety hazard for your children yeah they're like they're mesh, they, they look, they're they're mesh so, networking guides not well yeah. no this is just their their standard of nope don't add a teammate um uh 
Yeah, like all these things. Why? Why are they so pointy? Like this looks like again, if your if your kid is just learning to walk for the first time, like it's it's gonna get hurt. Like at least the the what's was the one the WRT fifty four G. At least that one only had like two regular antennas. Like these all. Why do these have to look so weird? Oh yeah, and actually the wire cutter is how I kind of first learned about TP Link. Um which is not not an outright terrible pick, but I is is and do we we I'm sure in the past when you first talked about that we covered you, you know qualms about security or backdoors or anything. I I didn't really think about that at the time that I bought them, but then you mentioned it and that's always been kind of in the back of my head, which is another reason why I think going back to the Google thing makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, these Orbeez are fucking enormous. Yeah. And that is something that's really nice about the new um Google Nest Wi-Fi Pro units is that they're just they're very minimalist. They come in four colors, <laughs> which is kind of kind of fun. They're although they're very they're very iPhone colors. They're very like pastel and kind of muted, but um it's kind of a nest aesthetic and they're they're a little little bulbous, but they're not obtrusive. Right. Um Although they all they do appear to be very very shiny, which is the one, the one part of the aesthetic that gives me a little pause, but we'll see. Yeah. All right, and then I think to round it out, uh, go out on a happy note. Um, the Seattle Kraken. Hmm. So what? What? What is this? So I woke up on I think Sunday and I and I opened up Instagram and one of the Canadian folks I follow had a thing where there was this like uh like I think they're called trolls like the the things with the with the with the wild hair right yeah and that that was on the ice and I didn't and totally understand why and then a few hours later by coincidence you had sent me the similar thing and yeah, uh, apparently there's a, the the Seattle Kraken, which they are in their second season in the NHL or third. Uh, this will be their um, second coming up. Yeah, so they now have an official mascot, which has the name Buoy. Buoy, like mm-hmm. like the thing that's in the ocean, right? Yeah. Thoughts? What do? You... Better or worse? So, uh, in the scale of gritty versus SJ Sharky, where where does Bowie fall? Well, I I think the 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 problem with Bowie, which is not Bowie's fault, is that don't, don't mascot shame. <laughs> there was such an opportunity given the the Kraken name to do some kind of really cool octopus kind of thing, which they they you know passed on um i the the troll i guess like it's something to do with like a a sculpture that's like underneath a bridge in the seattle area so there's like some local significance so you know i'm not gonna hate on that but um yeah under underneath um is it the aurora bridge in seattle and the yeah, so it's, it, no, it's the Fremont Bridge. So there's the Fremont Troll underneath, and it's right by the um, the Tableau offices in Seattle. And it's kind of like it, it's a place where people go, but I don't really think the I don't think Bowie really looks like the the Troll is 
kind of scary. Or Bowie looks not not gritty scary, but looks pretty friendly. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of it's a mixed bag. Like the the photo that's in this um, athletic article that'll be in the notes, you know, makes makes the mascot look pretty friendly. But then, like there, the intro video where it's like coming down from the rafters makes it look kind of scary. So I I, I don't know. Well, well, again, so she automatically and again does the mascot have a gender i think i, I it, it looks like it looks no. like a lady troll sort of i mean i don't know it, i don't think i'm taking i don't think i think that's a safe bet but uh she's got something uh, over the san jose sharks automatically is that she didn't get stuck in the rafters on the way down <laughs> so that's good good callback yeah yeah um, um and and, the, and espn has uh the scoop on how the seattle kraken kept their new mascot a secret mm-hmm Good, good name is is what I will I will give them. Boo is a good name. Maybe, but isn't a a, a buoy is a thing that that you just make sure a fairy doesn't run into, right? Yeah, but I don't know. It, it's a, it's a clever name. Mm. Do what? What does uh, do? Are there any other notable mascots? Like, do the Red Wings or do the um, LA Kings have a mascot? I think pretty much every team has a mascot. Yeah, but not a memorable one because yeah, yeah. L.A. Kings. Oh yeah, L.A. Kings have a mascot it's named a li- Bailey. It's a lion, right? It is. Yeah, pretty sure that's a lion. What does that have to do with anything? That has anything to do with ice hockey or kings? I. Well, <laughs> is is like lion, like king of the jungle or whatever? I think is what they're going for. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, why did Mufasa die in the Lion King? <laughs> Do you because he the... couldn't Mufasa. <laughs> it's jokes for kids. All right. Do you see they're coming out with a like a a Lion King prequel? Uh, fuck Disney. No, I don't <laughs> care. No. Uh, lastly, before we leave, uh, Anaheim Ducks mascot. It better be a duck, right? You think? They have... Yeah. <laughs> They have a mascot called Wildwing. Mm. Oh, he's fucking terrifying. Mm. Hold on. Um, yeah, Bailey. That's a scary duck. Oh, that is. Gosh, that is a scary duck. Yeah, like it mm. looks like. What's what's the thing? Is it Freddy? Is it Jay? What's the what's the thing that killed the eighties movie that where he kills in the middle of the night and he's wearing a a ski mask? Yeah, I, I'm the wrong person Freddy? to ask about scary movies. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Freddy. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, okay. All right. Looking at both of these. Um, okay, no buoys near the top. But again, Sharky has a hockey puck for a tongue, which is a nice touch. Mm-hmm. It's very Apple like. All right, Chef Specials. Yep. Let me get the Amazon link for you. <laughs> Um, so I'll, I'll give you some some background as to kind of why why this fits into the house. So we have a mm. so we, we we of course you know we have we have you know a fridge in the kitchen that has a <laughs> freezer as well. But the freezer part is relatively small because we've got like a French door fridge set up, so the freezer is like below the fridge and it's it's relatively roomy, but 
you know, especially for, you know, kind of a growing family, it's become kind of a bit tight. So a year or two ago, we bought just like, you know, the, the cheapest of cheap, like deep freezers, which is like a, like a standalone freezer unit that we just threw in, in um, a closet. And it's, it's, it's great. It's it's actually it's an insignia one I think which you'd appreciate, <laughs> um, and it, it's it's been great. It's like totally rock solid, no complaints. But the the one thing about it is that there's there's really no way to like monitor the temperature of it. Like it's got just like a you know like a a, a little dial on it where you can adjust the you know the temperature of it, but it it doesn't it doesn't give you any feedback as to what the temperature is. And so, like, ever since we've had it, I've had just, like, a regular thermometer inside of it, which, you know, I kind of periodically check whenever I remember to. But, you know, I I would frequently not really check it for long periods of time. And, you know, like, we're keeping food in there, right? So, like, if <laughs> something were to, like, ever happen with the temperature in there, that could be, you know, not great. I'm going to, real quick, uh, like, just editor's note, pause here for the audience. That's a lot of words for him to say that he's mad it doesn't connect to the internet. <laughs> okay, please continue. Basically, yeah. Um, and so um, I kind of was thinking recently, like, well, somebody's got to make, like, a little Wi-Fi connected thermometer, basically. And sure enough, there there's this company, Govi, which which I had never heard of, but which actually makes a lot of really like seemingly nice looking kind of simple smart home stuff and they make a bunch of like philips hue um light kind of stuff too but they 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 make a just a simple little wi-fi thermometer and it it kind of has everything that you'd that you'd want like it's it's nice and small and compact the the companion app is is pretty good and it, you know, it has the thing, which is exactly what I wanted, which is, you know, the ability to set thresholds to say, hey, if the temperature ever falls outside this range, send me a push notification to to let me know that's happened. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I bought one of these, threw it in the, the freezer. Um, and it's, it's confirmed that uh, the freezer actually has bit, has, stays at exactly the temperature it's supposed to, which is, you know which is fine but it's it's nice to have that kind of confirmation and it's it's made it now so that I don't have to think about it at all like you'd expect any good best buy house brand product would exactly um couple questions how what's the battery life on this and what is the battery situation i think it's just like it's like a double A's couple, in here or is this charge? I think it's just a couple double A batteries. Yeah. I'm trying to trying to find that out in real time here. Uh, uh, three uh, double A batteries uh, required. Yeah. Right, yeah. And I think they're supposed to last quite a while. But then yeah, when they run out, it's not some like proprietary thing or something. It's just yeah, triple A's. So this is interesting because I've had I like I've been hoping for like because and I've I've been wanting an indoor like just temperature, humidity, and air quality sensor, and I haven't found anything that's either not two hundred dollars and isn't bad. Yeah, they and they this make one, this, they make this, all that this, stuff too. Yeah, do they? Because they, this they this, do. this ticks everything off except the air quality. 
Uh, so I think, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure they make, cause I was, I started to look at some of the other stuff that they make and I think they make like a, they make like a humidifier that like dynamically turns itself on and off based on the humidity in the room. And I, I, I thought they had a air quality thing too. Okay. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Okay. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's good. It, it's, you know, it's a, it's a little pricey. It's like 40, 40 bucks, bucks full price, but I, 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 um, I got it on some kind of small sale on Amazon. I, I think it's actually even a little bit cheaper if you buy it directly from them. So you, you can get kind of a, a deal on it, but, but yeah, it's, it's good. And the, the app, the app is pretty solid. Um, it's a little busy because because they, you know, they make a million different things and they, they kind of want you to be like in their whole ecosystem for, so for somebody like me who only has like one device from them, it's a little much, but, but again, like I, I never, I never really open it because I just, I set it up to say, Hey, let me know. <laughs> let me know if the temperature is ever outside this range. So. Got it. Um, I have been looking and I don't think I have anything that meets the seal of approval this week. So therefore save your money. <laughs> 